So um, just the, to get you up to speed tonight, we're talking about money. And because we're talking about money, my banking details will be up top there. That's just a joke. Icebreaker. So you can feel as light as I feel now. <laughs> but we are um, continuing the, the conversation or rather the, the series on going back to basics. And I didn't joke, we are actually talking about money. So, um, but it's rather the heart of giving. And um, as we started this series, we started with a, a sermon or rather the topic of really why do we do church and you know, being connected to, to Christ first as, as we come into this place and being connected to, to his bride. But the key phrase is, well, it's probably more of an action than anything else, but it's if you want to follow Jesus, then deny yourself and pick up your cross. And even when I talk about money tonight and rather the heart of giving and, and just how money can often expose a heart of worship, I just want to encourage you to, to keep in this mind frame or rather the state of mind and just focus on that phrase that if I want to follow Jesus, then I should die to myself. I should deny who I am and I should pick up my cross and I should follow him. And uh, particularly, actually I want to, before I jump into a scripture, I actually want to ask you something. Because I've had to, like in this past week, I've been so challenged in my preparation. I'm like, oh man, Lord, every time I prepare for these things, I don't actually, I'm never prepared when I come to prepare. Because the Lord always hits me with some truth and it's always like, okay, well now I know it and now I have to live it out. And um, there's elements of truth that I already know, but it's just like the Lord comes with this conviction. And I want to ask you, if you just think about your, your, let's just say your salary or your current finances, and in particularly in this time and uh, this difficult year that we've gone through with a lot of um, challenges economically, if you have to think about your finances now, and the Lord said to you, hey, I want you to give 50% of what you have. How would you feel about that? If the Lord said to you right now, 50% of what you have, or let's just say for some people, some people are getting paid in this next week. Let's just say with your, your salary, the Lord's like, I want you to give 50% of that salary. Most of us will be like, do you, do you understand the circumstances that we're living in? Do you actually understand what you just asked me, Lord? And it's a real challenge because it exposes two things, which I will get into a little bit later. But it's, it's just crazy to think of that. But in Acts 2, verses uh, 44 to 45, and I'm actually going to get out my device. And I want to encourage you, if you have your devices with you, if you're old school and have your hard copy Bible, then um, yeah, rock that. But in Acts 2, verses 44 to 45, I don't actually have it out, so just one more second. I'm trying to find my Bible, can you imagine? <laughs> nice, cool, cool, I've got it. Okay. It says this, And all who believed were together, and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all 
as any had need. And Acts 2 verses 42 to 47, this is a scripture that we felt like way back in the beginning of the year, before this pandemic, before anything, we felt for, for, for 2020, Acts 2 verse 42 to 47. And even coming back into gatherings, it's been a constant theme. And I mean, just think about it. They, for the past week, we've been talking about how the, the disciples and the early church devoted themselves to teaching, to, to apostles' teaching, to uh, breaking bread, to gathering, to fellowship, to prayer. But it, it, it's not just a devotion to that. It was a devotion to the Lord. It was a devotion to this idea of whole life discipleship, that my whole life belongs to you, Lord. And yeah, like two, two verses later, we see that they actually sold their possessions and they gave away their belongings and they distributed it to anyone who had need. That's the type of church that we see in Scripture. We are called to be a people who are generous with our lives. That's why this, if you want to walk away or something, think about this, live your life with open hands. That's, and I mean, we've said this, it's, it's something we say in Hatfield, said live with open hands. The Lord doesn't want us to live with closed hands. He's called us to live with open hands. He wants us to be generous because He is generous. He gives to us all the time. I mean, I think about even in a gathering, we don't even realize, but God is he's revealing who He is to us. He's given Himself to us. He's given us salvation. If you, have, if you have wealth with you right now, and I'm not talking like, you know, millions, but just if you have clothes on your back, if you had food today, if you, if you have transport or whatever it is, Man, God has given us the ability. And that's what Deuteronomy 8, 8 verse 18 says, that God has given us the ability to create wealth. God constantly gives to us. So when I say deny yourself and pick up your cross, this is what it means to follow Jesus. That I look towards Jesus, I see what Jesus is doing, I see the nature of Jesus, and then I pick up that nature too. I say, I don't want to live for Stephen, I want to live for Jesus. This is the way that Jesus operates. Jesus gives, God gives. His Holy Spirit distributes gifts of the Spirit to us manifestation of the gifts. It's not by myself, but it's by His power that He does it. So God is a giver. And He's called us to be generous. He's called us to live like this. And this is, this is the model. And the whole time we've been speaking about going back to basics, we've been looking at, we've actually just basically been like, what does this mean? What does us getting together mean? What does it mean to look like a Christian in the 21st century? But not to talk about it, but to actually look at the truth and then apply it. And it's often difficult for us to talk about finances in church. I mean, for a large Part of my Christianity, I didn't want to hear anything about money. I came from, a, you know, thank the Lord I got saved there. But man, I started struggling with certain teachings because it became about prosperity, the prosperity gospel, about give so that I can receive in return. And I started disagreeing with this and I struggled with this for a large part of my Christian journey. 
but the Lord has really been challenging me in this past year, year and a half, two years. Because God calls us to give what well, I believe for two reasons. And I even want to take it back to the first two commandments. Just love the Lord your God, basically with everything you have, with all of you. And then secondly, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Giving is me partaking in the nature of God. Giving and living with this life of generosity is often linked to seeing somebody else that I see them as greater than I am. There's a word that we use, the word that, the kind of love that God gives us is that agape love. And I'm not going to say it in Greek because I'll probably butcher it, but agape love. Best way this English man can say it is agape love. But it means to, to, to want the best for somebody else, for the person that's next to you. And that's the kind of life that God has called us to, to, to live this, this life with this open hand because we know that God gives to us and we know that He is number one in our lives and He is priority. And we know that the person that's next to me is, also has the image of God in them. Whether they're saved or not, they've been created by Him. And He's called us to partake in His nature in this way. But often... You know, we don't always see it like that. And I think there's an element of, of challenge there because of the two things I mentioned. And I'm just going to actually read Matthew 6, verse 19 to 24. And I think it will be up on the screen. I don't know. If, but either way, I'll just go over there and read it for you. Matthew 6, verse 19 to 24. And Jesus is talking to, you know, this is uh, the, the um, I think it's the Sermon on the Mount, if I'm not mistaken, but it's from uh, chapter 5, 6, and 7. And Jesus is giving this great sermon. And it's like hitting them with so much truth. And then he starts talking about finances and rather our daily living. And he says to the Israelites, he says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. That's a powerful statement that, that Jesus just said. Because let's be real, when, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty, man. When I think about it, I'm like, I'm getting paid this week. And, and in the back of my mind, like, I'm like, oh, payday. Man, it's coming. It's coming. You know, because there's that element. You know, it's like, you know, I've made it through a rough month and unpaid is coming and it's going to be good, you know. But it's also challenging now because it's like you just said that where my treasure is, also my heart will also be there. So then I'm like, what do I treasure? And how much do I treasure money in my life? Because the amount of or how much I treasure money is also going to be linked to how I use my money. And how willingly I am to live with open hands. Then he goes on and he says, The eye is the lamp of the body. And so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad your whole body will be full of darkness. If the light 
in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Something that intrigues me about this scripture is that he's talking about money and then he goes and says that your, your eye is the lamp to your body. So, so there's in Hebrews, um, chapter, uh, no, Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 and, and 2, it says that we should fix our eyes on Jesus so that we can carry on running the shows. But constantly throughout scripture, it says that we should fix our mind on the things that are above and, and I'm seeing a bit of a correlation here because it's like, what am I fixing my eyes on? And I don't think it's literally your eyes, but I think it's like, what am I focused on? Because whatever I'm focused on is going to fill my soul. So if you're focusing on money, well, I mean, you're focusing on a momentary pleasure, something that's temporary. You're focusing on money, you probably, if you're so focused on money, you're probably focused on your own life and your self-centeredness. But if you want to follow Jesus, deny yourself and pick up your cross. And then he goes on to say, <laughs> No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other. Or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Oh, I can't serve them both. That's a challenge. And, and there's two things that I, I want to touch on. And I often believe that, you know, when I said, would you give half of your salary away? It's, it's touching on your security. Because often, you know, when you get your salary or your income or whatever, it's often attached to a sense of security of getting through the month, of paying your bills, your, the place that you sleep in, the food that you eat. But then there's also another side, and that's sometimes what we call leisure money or leisure expenses. So we see two elements. It's security and then there's also greed. Because leisure money is more about you and having a grand time and, you know, just enjoying yourself, blessing yourself, indulging in pleasure. There's nothing wrong with indulging in pleasure. It's just if you want to indulge in pleasure, are you doing it to the expense of others or are you doing it to the expense of even forfeiting your soul? Jesus says that you can gain the whole world, but what, what is the use in that? Because if you gain this whole world, you can actually then end up forfeiting your soul because the kingdom is very different to the way that the world portrays how we, or portrays how we should live our lives because the reality is that everyone in life or all the Hollywood and movies and, and the way that this modern society is working is like, you know, you should work on, your success, you should make a name for yourself, you should get a good job, you should then get a house, you should get that nice car, you should show off your money by getting nice clothes and stuff, because that's the narrative that we live with, but Jesus is saying the complete opposite of what the world is saying. He's saying that you don't actually need this. You know, in the, in the Lord's Prayer, he says, in, in, in the Lord's Prayer, it says, give us today our daily bread. 
Imagine praying that. Imagine just praying for today's food. Are we going to be content with that? Are we going to be content with saying, Lord, give me today my food. That will be enough for me. That's enough because I already have you. Are we going to be content with living that kind of life? And this is a real challenge because I look at the kingdom of God and I look at how sacrificial Jesus is, how he gave himself so that we can enter the kingdom of God. It wasn't just so that your sins will be forgiven. It's so that you could be reconciled to the Father. So that you can receive the Holy Spirit in your life. So that you can live a life of fullness. That's what... John 10 verse 10 says, I came to give you life in abundance, in its fullness. Jesus came and he laid down his life for us. And I look at the kingdom and I, I look at, at, at what I often have and I'm just like, but if I, if I give this away, I'm, I'm letting go of certain security or rather I'm letting go of some convenience and comfort. But if I have this mentality, I'm forfeiting my soul because I'm not aligning myself with God's kingdom. And when I say this, just hear me. I'm not saying that you're going to live your life like starving people and it's just going to be the worst times and you can't go out with your friends. I'm not saying that. So please don't get me twisted. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm asking you, how obedient are you with your finances. When you look at your finances and you look at your giving or all the living with that open hand, are you in a place where you actually doing what the Lord says with your finances? Because in Acts 2 verse 45, it says that they sold their possessions and they distributed their belongings so that anybody who had need would not live with that need anymore. Because they recognized that God called them to love other people. Because they recognized that God was the Lord of their lives, not money. Because money is going to, you know, you'll, you'll be able to do a few things. But in a, you know, I don't know about how everybody um, works. But I often hear, like, in terms of when you get your salary, I, I hear a lot of people like, yeah, man, when I get money, then I go and spend it. Then, like, a week later, I'm like, I don't even know what I spent my money on. And now I'm just, like, skimming through the rest of the month. How much do you have? And how much is God asking you to give? Because if scripture says that he's given us the ability to create wealth, it sounds like money isn't the source of provision. Or all the money isn't the source of security. But rather God is the source of our security. Because he's the one who gives. He's the one who blesses. He's the one who looks after us. And we call to live generously with these open hands so that when we see people with lack, we're so tuned into God's spirit that 
And we actually hear him speak to us. And perhaps we do hear him ask us to give up some of what we have. Perhaps we kind of just close that door, tune out so that we don't have to sacrifice a little. But the way of the kingdom is sacrificial. And I don't know who, if, if you're sitting here today and this is news to you, like, I don't know who told you it's not, but God's kingdom is often sacrificial because the Lord will call you to do things that it doesn't always feel comfortable and it's not always easy, but it is worth it. And something that the Lord has been showing me is, um, you know, I've always been intrigued with the way that the early church was so ready to, to um, suffer, you know, whether it was persecution or whatever it was, but they were like, it's a reality, but man, we're going to get through this and this is going to be fine, you know? And I was just like, man, how did they end up in prison and just fine with it? Like, just imagine being in prison. And Letitia spoke about Paul and Silas last week from Acts 16. And while they were in prison, they started praying and singing hymns. I mean, imagine being placed in prison and then you're just like, well, thank you, Lord, for putting us in prison, but we're going to trust you through this adversary. I was always intrigued by that. And something that, that I believe that the Lord showed me is that, I mean, if you think about, for example, let's just, let's just take a tip of your, of your finger. I mean, you can look at it right now. Just look at the tip of your finger. Look at the rest, not even the rest of this room. Think about the rest of this building. That tip of your finger represents your life here on earth. But this building, this, this property represents the kingdom of God and eternity, either with Christ or without him. And so often we focus on this little tiny portion that, that this month, you know, man, I really wanted to do that. And we focus on that. But our eyes are focused on the wrong thing because our eyes are not focused on eternity. When the Lord calls us to give up some stuff and it's a momentary thing, in light of eternity, it's nothing. Rather, I would let go of this temporary pleasure so that I can indulge in the Lord forever. So that I can experience His nature. So that I can partake in His character because he's generous, then I get to be generous too. I mean, did, did we ever think about the, the, the plus side of this? Jesus said it's better to, to give than it is to receive. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And I believe it's because when we give, our lives are being filled with the character and nature of God. And perhaps you think, you know, oh, that's great, that's, that's cool because you don't know what I have to pay. You don't know what my bills look like. You don't know what my life looks like. And yeah, perhaps that's true. But what I do know is that money is not your God and it shouldn't be your God because it's, it's not alive. Perhaps it pays for a few things here and there and it, perhaps it pays your bills, but God is alive and he's... He's active. He's in heaven right now, sitting on the throne. 
Don't get me wrong. Money is useful. It really is. But it's not God. And when we, when we view money as the primary thing in our life, the primary focus in our life, then our Christian character will never reveal who Jesus is, but it will only reveal a selfish version of us. Money is useful, but it's not God. God is God. God opens up doors that no person can shut. God will close doors that no person can close. God will make a way when it seems like there isn't a way. You know, about two months ago, um, Nicole was there, and I was I was saying saying goodbye to Nicole. She went for an interview, and I remember she was. I think it was like around about two o'clock. I can't even remember what day it was. I think it was like a Thursday. Um, there was this guy that walked past, you know, because we're in the front, uh, in the front uh, of the house, and um, there was this guy that walked past, and he was trying to sell books so that he could stay afloat. And I mean, I didn't have much at the time, but I didn't want to take a book from him. But I felt that the Lord said to me, go and, you know, I had some clothes that I wasn't uh, wearing and I had some old clothes and stuff. And I just felt the Lord say, go and, go and get him some clothes. And I think it was like 50 right now as well. But I went and I got this for him. I came out and I gave it to him and I just saw tears in his eyes. I didn't have much. But what I did have, I could give. And I remember we just spoke to him and we, we prayed with him. And I remember he said that he was doubting his faith. Because, I mean, he's now stuck trying to get by. No one, no one bought any books from him. I mean, I don't know how long he went without food. I don't even know if he went without food. I can't remember. But I remember he said then he was really questioning his faith. He was questioning God. And that small little deed that is pretty much nothing compared to eternity, that small deed, I don't know what kind of impact it had on his life. Because perhaps he was just in a place where like, Lord, you don't exist because look at where I am. Look at, look at the circumstances that I'm facing. But that one act of living with an open hand could have reminded him of the goodness of God. And I remember praying with him and even getting a word for him. And I pray and I trust that the Lord is continuing to do that work in his life. And uh, I'll take it back. I think it was like three years ago. Before I was um, at the church, I was working, well, was actually when I was still studying, and um, I was working at a restaurant, and it was so filled with people who were not Christian. <laughs> I remember going to, to work every day, and just people would always, like, ask me these questions, and I'd always felt like a trap, because if I said something, then they were going to get angry with me. And 
there was this one guy who um, lived close to Fur Tracker Road, and I just, you know, it was like 11 o'clock, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to let you walk home. You know, and um, I started taking him after, you know, evening shifts, and the one, the one night he said to me, you know, because he was atheist, he didn't, you know, he actually very much disliked Christianity and Christians in general. And uh, I remember this one night he said to me, you're making me rethink Christianity. And I didn't do much. I just saw what I had, and I saw that God has blessed me with what I have, and I can use this to bless other people. And it was literally just dropping somebody off at their house at 11 o'clock in the night. But the point is, is that what has God given you and what is God asking you to do with that? Because often God blesses you, but honestly, part of that blessing is for other people too. He's breathed life, in, life into us and he wants us to use that life to reach other people because he is the source of life and his life is, is operating in us. And we get to share that with other people. That's what living with open hands looks like. It's not always necessarily just finances and money, but it's being generous with God is what with what God has given you. And I, I I do wanna go to I think it's two passages of scripture. Because I just want to emphasize that when when we're in a place of giving and when we think about that security that we have and that we're trying to hold on to, and when I say that God is, He's our provision, He's our source of, of getting through, He's the source of everything that we have. I want to take it a step closer to home, and I want to actually take it to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And you're like, what does this have to do with generosity? What does it have to do with living with open hands? And it says, yeah, then the Lord... God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. Jesus says that you cannot serve both money and God. And when I'm, when I'm talking about my security and holding on to that security that I have, which is my finances or whatever I have, and the Lord tells me to give it, I just want to remind you that, that God is so close to us and God is so intimate with us that He actually breathed life into us. That's the kind of God that we serve. That He's not just saying, oh, just go and do that and then I'm just going to watch you starve. Like, that's not how He is. That's not who He is. But He actually breathed life into us. I mean, just think about that for a moment, that God breathed life into us, that when you came to be a disciple of Jesus, His Holy Spirit came into you, and that, that now His Holy Spirit operates in you. His life is inside of you. That's the God that we serve. He is so close to us. He's so intimate with us, and that He cares for us so much that He would even breathe His life into us.
in Matthew 6, verses 25 and 26. I'll actually just read it. I know it's on the screen, but let me rather read it because I'm going to, I don't want to misquote anything. But Jesus says to them, after he tells them, like, you don't have to store up treasure here on earth and, you know, roll this store up treasure in heaven. You know, don't focus so much on money. Don't, don't worry about all these things. He says to them, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. And I mean, I love this passage of scripture because this is a God that is promising to look after us. It might not mean that you'll always have everything. It doesn't mean that you'll have that Mercedes Benz. It doesn't mean that you'll live in a mansion. It doesn't mean that you'll have the best clothes. But what he is saying is, I will always look after you. You don't need to be anxious about all these things. You don't need to hold on to your money as if this was your security. I am your security because I breathe life into you. That's what I'm saying. So when I tell you to give, I'm telling you to give and trust in me. Trust in me. Don't fall into the trap of unbelief. Because it's a greater sin than, than you know, worrying about or, or greed or, or anything like that. But actually not believing the Lord to look after us. That's... That's bad. I mean, that's, that's basically what we see at, with the fall. Adam and Eve didn't believe God. They rather believed their own world. They, they thought that they knew best. And he says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Jesus just said that we have more value than the birds of the air. You look at trees tomorrow or, you know, hopefully it's a bit more sun tomorrow and we can actually see the birds in the trees. But just take a moment and, and look at the birds. And look, they, they're surviving because the Lord is good to them. Then take it a step further and go and look in the mirror and recognize that the Lord says that you are more valuable than they are. If they're fine, then you will also be fine because He is our source of security. And in Psalm 23, it says that, that uh, David is talking about the Lord being our shepherd. And he says that, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I don't even have to go on. But the fact that he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In John 10, it talks about, Jesus talks about him being the good shepherd. I don't know if you guys know, know much about shepherd and sheep. I don't know that much. But what I do know is that the shepherd and the sheep, their relationship is like the shepherd is, well, the sheep is, is pretty much useless without the shepherd. It's like if the sheep had to try and be like, no, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my own thing. What's going to happen to it? It's going to get lost and probably eaten. But we also, we also see um, the teaching, the parable about the seas and, and you know, the... The, the people that, that get consumed in, in the earthly things, they get choked by thorns. So, I mean, can, they get eaten. 
They get, you get eaten, you get devoured by your own selfish desires. You get lost, you lose your life when you focus on the here and the now and you're not focusing on the then and the there. Because we should be living for eternity. We shouldn't be living for, living for here. Whatever we do here has impact into then and there when we're standing before the Lord and when we're with Him. But He is the good shepherd. And the relationship between the sheep and the shepherd is the shepherd guides the sheep. The shepherd tends to the sheep. And in any moment that the sheep decides they're going to do their own thing, they end up, end up wandering somewhere and getting lost. And the shepherd's probably like, oh, not again. I'm going to go after this one. But that's the relationship that we have with the Lord. He cares for you. So when He calls us to live with, this, with these open hands and when He calls us to, to give and when He calls us to, to be more worried about kingdom things, I mean, at the end of Matthew 6, Jesus says, first seek the kingdom and all its righteousness. Not so that you would have a Mercedes Benz and you'd have a mansion and you know, it would all be so great. And Well, no, no, no. First seek the kingdom of God in all its righteousness because then you are living with an eternal perspective. Then you're living for however long and whatever you do now, you know that it impacts your eternal life. And he would never call you to give and leave you just to be stranded because that's not what a shepherd does. And that's our relationship with God. And he says, deny yourself and pick up your cross. So can you trust the Lord with your finances? Can you look at your security and say, but my security is not found in my salary. My security is not found in the resources that I have. Can you even challenge yourself with the extra that you have and actually ask yourself this, with the extra that I have, am I just using it for self-gain? Can I actually take some of that and bless somebody else? Because I guarantee you there's people that we come into contact with on a regular basis that have less than we do that have less than we do. But in Acts 2 verse 45, it says that they sold their possessions. They gave their belongings so that anybody who had need wouldn't have that need anymore. That's the kind of life that Christ is calling us to. And it's challenging. Of course it's challenging. It's super challenging. But can we trust that God is who He says He is? And can we take our money and just say, you're not Lord over my life, but God is. And He has plans for me. He has, he's got a future for me. He has things in store for me. And, and my money does not define me. And my finances or my resources is not the one that I'll worship. But the one that I'll worship is the one who gives me eternal life. Can you trust God today? I don't know what it is that, that you have in your hand that perhaps you're doing this, 
But I want to just encourage you, and I know this is not me encouraging you because I'm being really convicted this week. And I'm like, oh man, there's some areas in my life where I recognize the greed. And, and actually, there's some areas in my life where I recognize that I didn't trust God enough. You know, um, I don't know if anyone knows yet, but I'm just going to say it. Uh, Nicole and I are getting married next year, which I'm super excited about. Um, but with that, <laughs> there's been challenges because I'm like, she, she just finished her course and, um, you know, during COVID getting a, a job was quite difficult too. And I was just like, Lord, it's coming, man. And I don't know how we're going to get by. And she got a job, but then we just, she didn't feel peace about it. And she spoke to me and I was like, oh Lord, no way. This is just crazy. What are you talking about? You just got it. And I remember just, us sitting, I mean, I was like, I was in a bad mood for like an hour. I promise you, I was not, <laughs> I was in a bad mood. And I remember we were supposed to go for lunch or something. And I was like, okay, well, let's go. You know, and then I, I remember I just ended up driving to, I don't even know, I think it was um, Watercliff Shopping Center. And we just sat at the parking. And I was just like, okay, I realized that, you know, I'm, I'm holding on to money as a source of security. And I remember we prayed that day and I felt the Lord say, take the step of faith. And, um, you know, we just, we took that step of faith and I think it was like two months that went by. I was like, Lord, we took that step of faith. <laughs> what is going on? You know, because originally she had another job interview in line and she didn't get it. And I was like, oh, maybe we didn't hear so clearly. But then... Uh, a job into a job application just appeared, and I mean it's directly in line with what she loves makeup and she went for this interview and she walked away from that interview getting the job and that just shows you that god god he cares about us he's so interested in us that then when he says give he's not saying just give so that we'll just live and and be like oh how am I going to eat now? How am I going to? No, he says give because the scripture also says that if you're faithful with the little, he can entrust you with much. And I actually, I was encouraged this week because in preparation, I was just trying to engage with this, you know, living generously and stuff. And I remember um, it was like a four minute clip testimony with Francis Chan. And he said that he went to Africa. And then when he came to Africa, obviously in a rural area, not not Pretoria, but he, <laughs> he went somewhere in Africa and that's when the Lord convicted him. And he went back home and he just went to his wife and said, let's just sell some of our possessions and just start giving to people. And then they, they sat together and they prayed and they asked the Lord for a number that they need to give the following year. And the Lord said $50,000. And they were like, we don't even make that, but okay. And that $50,000 turned to $100,000, and that $100,000 turned to $1 million. I'm not saying this is the case for everyone, but I'm just saying that when the Lord says, do something, He actually has our best interests at heart and the person who we usually give in to. So look at that that you have in your hand and be encouraged with this. I'm going to pray and I'm just, you know, this is, 
whatever you're doing this next week or the next two weeks, that's up to you and the Lord. That's, that's between you guys. But I want to encourage you that if we really want to say that we are these people who live as Christians, then we need to look at his teachings and we need to take it seriously. Because Christianity is not about my version of Christianity. You know, there's certain things I'll do, but there's certain things I won't do. If I want to call myself a Christian, and if I want to call myself a follower of Jesus, then that means, if I mean I'm literally calling him master, then the question is, are we doing what our master is telling us to do? And if not, then there's either two things and we should reconsider if he's really our master or we should align ourselves with what he's telling us to do. But when we align ourselves with what he's telling us to do, we gain life. Whatever we lay down, we pick up something that is so much greater than the ashes that we had in our, in our hands and we pick up the beauty of who God is and the life that he has for us. So Father, I just pray that when we, as we've speak, spoken just a little bit about living with open hands and just the heart of worship behind it, Lord, I, I just pray that whatever resources that you've given us, Father God, I just pray that we would take these resources and just say, Lord, what can I do without and perhaps there's even some people who are still like, man, I don't know if I can, I can trust this. Father, I pray that you reveal your goodness to anyone who's struggling today, that just in between of like, I don't know if I can do this or not. I just pray that you'll reveal your goodness to them in Jesus' name. But you're the God who breathed life into us. And if we surrender Every part of ourselves, you are the God who will breathe life into those areas too. You've called us to be a generous people. So Father, I pray that you would speak to each of us and show us what you are asking us to let go of. And as we take those steps of letting go of some resources or perhaps just opening our hands, Father, I pray that we'll see the blessing of who you are in our lives. And I even pray for, for blessing, not only spiritually, but even materially. That we would see something supernatural. That where the world tells us to store up treasure here on earth, Father, we would do the opposite. And we'd be those crazy people that say, no, no, I'm going to live for the kingdom. And I'm going to store up treasure in heaven. And I pray that as we do that, I pray that, that we'd not only see more of you, but we'd see the power of your spirit in our lives. Help us where we need help to lay down things so that we can pick up our cross and so we could follow you. Thank you that your scripture says that you never leave us nor forsake us. 
And just like Hebrews 13 says, we don't, that we should be careful not to be lovers of money. And following that, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Because you are our source of provision. Pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.